Welcome everyone to worship. Uh, it's good to be with you. And before we go into our worship service, as normal, we'll go through a couple announcements from the back of the bulletin to bring your attention to some of the things that are going on at our church. The first is that we are welcoming Dr. Bill Atkins to church today to give us a, a brief update brief word about the Gideon ministry, and I'll introduce him in just a little bit, and I'm looking forward to hearing from him. The youth are meeting tonight at 7 p.m. in the Family Life Building, and there is an update from the search committee. If you would like to read that update, you can. It's on the back of the bulletin. And lastly, the Joy Group is planning a trip to Mississippi State for a Christmas concert, and you have a week to let Midge know if you would like to attend with that group. So the details about that trip are, again, on the back of the bulletin. There are ongoing events and things going on at our church, and you can see those things. Uh, and if you have any questions about whatever you might have interest in, please uh, contact me, an elder, um, uh, a member of the church. We'll be glad to get you more information. Christ himself brings us into worship by his spirit. So would you take a few moments to still your hearts and your minds and ask God to help you worship him this morning. Let's do that now. Good morning, everyone. Please uh, stand and join me as uh, I, I give us our call to worship from Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among all the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Now, please join your voices with me as we, uh, as we sing our first hymn, number 122, God All Nature Sings Thy Glory. 
Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, we're grateful to be gathered together today to worship your holy name. We offer our worship and adoration to you, for you are worthy to be praised. We lift our voices together to offer you all that you are due. Thank you for bringing us together on this beautiful day to worship in this place. And now, dear Father, let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please. It's individuals all over this world that want to do what is right in their own eyes instead of what's right in God's eyes. Well, fortunately, our mission as the church is the same, isn't it? The Lord says it's not going to be easy, but we are to persevere in, in obedience, aren't we? We know that God is sovereign and his will is going to be done. We know that. We know it in the bottom of our hearts as believers. But he chooses to work through us believers, through his church, through you and me. And the Great Commission is the same as it's always been, as we were given in the book of Matthew, to take the gospel to the ends of the world, right? To the ends of the earth, making disciples of all nations. And I want to thank you all for being a part of that. I'm with the Gideons, but you are an important part of this ministry. There is no ministry without the local churches. So thank you for your support. I'm here representing the, the Winston County Gideons today, and it's made up of local members from local churches throughout this county and also Choctaw County. And our whole goal is for boys and girls and men and women to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do it through personal witnessing and the distribution of Bibles and New Testaments. And you make that possible. We are a Bible-believing, born-again group of Christian business and professional men from several different denominations. You have to be led, you have to be called into this ministry, and you, we encourage you to talk to your pastor if you do feel led in this direction. Many of our wives are members and a part of our, as part of our auxiliary. So your support makes possible the ministry. You're making possible the placing of Bibles in the fifth grade classes in this county. They're all still open. They go into the fifth grade at Louisville, at Nanawaya, Noxipater, Winston Academy. Am I leaving anybody out? Grace Christian, yeah. I'm very sorry. I apologize for that. I have to put that on my list. So anyway, you're putting Bibles in those children's hands, and not just those places. They go into all the schools, like we distribute at East Central. Uh, they're going into the hospitals and the hotels, the fire stations, the police stations, the jails and prisons, the military. You're making that possible. And we appreciate your, your vital interest in that. You know, you're, you're putting Bibles 
in more than 200 countries and territories around the world. And 90% of those countries are too poor to meet their own demand. There's Gideon camps, there's individual Gideons in those countries. They do the same thing that's done here. They go to the schools and all the local places. And yet many of those countries, their income is so low that they can't afford a Bible. So, and as I said, 90% of them can't. So you and I make that possible. We can't all go to Haiti or Honduras on mission trips, but we can send God's word thousands of miles around the world, can't we? In Colombia, South America, in the jungles, there was a drug lab. It was a dangerous place to be. Many dangerous men, guns, chemicals. All they did was made cocaine. There was no radio, no TV, no entertainment. But God, in his providence, made sure that a copy of his work got into that camp. That men would actually fight over who got to read it. So eventually they decided they would draw straws and all of them got a chance to read it. Today you can't find that drug lab. It no longer exists. But you can find all 40 of the men that worked there because all 40 of them were saved from that one copy of scripture. And 12 of them became pastors. So can you imagine the impact of that one copy of God's word is having on that corner of the world in Columbia, South America? So today, when you consider all these things, I would ask you to pray for this ministry. Pray that the schools stay open. Pray that we can get into places where the schools are closed. Pray that these countries stay open. Brother Matt, I won't say anything about Canada, I promise. <laughs> but pray for Canada. Pray that individuals will get God's word that need it. They will become convicted and saved. They will become part of his kingdom. He will be glorified. If you feel led at all to learn more about the Gideons, consider joining this ministry. I promise you, you'd be welcomed in love and service. You can give. The little copies of the New Testaments are about $1.30 to, uh, to buy and distribute now. The, Bible, the complete Bibles are $5.00. And every penny that you donate goes for that. We, we pay all of our own overhead. You're not buying any meals, any travel, any hotels, any anything, but Bibles that go to people that need them. Please consider that. There's something you can be sure of. Well, let me, ask, let me just say this, that if you don't do anything else for the kingdom of God today, and I know how easy it is to come to church and kind of be a spectator, and that's it for that day or maybe for that week. But if you don't do anything else today, think about putting God's word in someone's hands around the world. You can be sure that someone is going to be saved through this, and we can all be a part of that. Remember what God's word tells us in Isaiah 55, 11. He says, My word which goeth forth out of my mouth shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. We can be assured of this. Our God is unchanging and his word is unchanging. Thank you all for your attention this morning. 
I hope you've learned a little something about the Gideons. Uh, I appreciate your, your support that you've given in the past. I know your Savior appreciates it. Brother Matt, I thank you for the time. The last thing I will leave with you is something that we can all think of at this time of the year. It's Isaiah 48. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Atkins. A little-known fact that he mentioned is uh, I was born in Canada, believe it or not. My parents are American. I was born in Canada. There you go. You learned something about me. Um, we have a time now to, to pray as a church together, uh, so I would invite you to join me now as I lead us in a prayer this morning. Let's pray. Dear Father, we're thankful for you this morning. We're thankful for the things that you have done. You sent your son Jesus to take on a human nature, to live an earthly life of temptation and suffering, to live under the law, so that sinners could be freed from the bonds of sin and death. And you freed us, Jesus, because you love us. You give your Holy Spirit to all who ask. And now, Holy Spirit, we pray and we thank you that as you're at work in our life, you have given us the ability to, to fight sin and to put on holiness, and we pray you would do that more and more. God, you've done all this and yet so much more, and you have all glory and honor and praise. Lord, we thank you uh, for this weekend, for this holiday weekend, uh, for a chance uh, to thank you for the service of all of our current and past a military personnel. Uh, they gave up their time with their family. They embraced unknown risks. Uh, they slogged through the daily tasks and duties that were required of them, most of which will go unknown to those who are outside of their groups. And so we pray you would give them encouragement today because they have served their country well. And for the many families who are now uh, living with one less member of their family because their son or daughter husband or wife, father or mother, gave their life for the calling to serve this country. Lord, we pray for the ongoing ministry of the Gideons, that in their daily, yearly, and consistent efforts to spread your word, we pray their labors would not be in vain, but that the seeds that are planted would grow and produce 100-fold. God, would you please show your compassion and care to the temples, to Byron Burnett and his family, as Byron is admitted to hospice care. You are the good shepherd, Lord, so lead them faithfully through the valley of the shadow of death to life in you. Lord, we know the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord, as Proverbs says. And so it is with our political representatives. And whether the results are what we hoped for or not, in our recent elections, would you influence our representatives across every level of government for the benefit of all people. Would you give wisdom and long-suffering, God, to the deacons and elders as they meet? Would you bless your church through their ministry? 
And as the church around the world sings, praises, and recounts the good news of the gospel, once again we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would receive our praise from hearts that are washed clean by your Spirit. And we pray that you would come soon. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Please pray with me. God, we thank you for this time to give our tithes and offerings. Would you use them to bless this church, to bless those who have needs within our church and our community? Would you use these tithes and offerings to spread your word across the world, uh, to support our missionaries, to support the different ministries that we are um, either financially supporting or prayerfully supporting? God, Use these things for all of those and more. We thank you again, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would take your hymnals, we'll sing another hymn, which is hymn number 478. I love to tell the story. Let's continue worshiping together with hymn 478.
You may be seated. If you would take a Bible, I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 4. We'll, we'll be starting at verse 21. Mark 4, verse 21. As we move through the Gospel of Mark, the themes of parables is kind of what we're focusing on, or what Jesus is focusing on, and what we're going to be getting into this morning again. And we're looking at the kingdom of God, the spread of God's kingdom, and what we can expect and some things that Jesus gives us that should be encouraging to us. Mark chapter 4, verse 21. Let's read. This is God's word. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Mark has given us several parables from Jesus, which many of which are repeated in other Gospels. And Mark is giving us this large section of parables to show us how Jesus taught and how Jesus is teaching us today through these parables, of course. And what we learned previously in weeks past is to hear God's word and to receive it. And as God's word becomes implanted in us, he provides the growth. Jesus also shows us how he is the key to understanding these parables. These parables are not riddles to have a secret that we need to understand them, but Jesus says, I am the one who provides understanding. As our passage says at the end, he privately talked to his own disciples, and explained every, everything. So when we receive Jesus, we receive understanding from his parables. Our passage has three parts to it. We see the lamp, we see the scattered seed, and we see the mustard seed. 
And what we see in each of these parables is that God is at work. God is at work even when it feels like he's not, even when it seems like he's not, even when we can't see anything happening. God is at work through Jesus. God is at work even when we can't see it. And God is at work through humble beginnings. Those are going to be our three points. So we're going to look at how God is at work through Jesus. As we look at the beginning of this passage, we find the parable about the lamp, or simply the lesson about the lamp. The lamp is a familiar image that Jesus uses in different ways. And this isn't just any old lamp. And at first reading, this is a little bit difficult to understand. But when you look at some of the original Greek, or the original language of this passage, you'll notice that the lamp has the definite article, which just means we're talking about the lamp, not just any old lamp, but Jesus is talking about the lamp. So if we're talking about the lamp, then we know who the lamp is. It's Jesus himself. So Jesus is teaching here that he has come to earth in the flesh to bring the light of the gospel to all the world. That's how God's kingdom is spreading through the light of Christ. And what was once concealed and veiled in shadows in the Old Testament is now revealed. Jesus says, I'm sorry, Paul says in Colossians 1 that Jesus is the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of of glory. Jesus, the Messiah, was once concealed, and now we see Jesus revealed, and his light is now spreading. And then we find this promise in verse 24. If you'll look at the passage with me, it can help to understand it better. He says, it says, he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. For some reason, I thought of the line from Spider-Man, which is, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, it's just, I think it's, I don't know, it just it rings in my mind. This has nothing to do with that. This is not talking about that. It has nothing to do with that. Jesus is saying, if you receive his teaching, if you trust his teaching and receive it, more understanding will be given to you. More understanding will be given to you. And if you reject his word, even the little bit that you have will be taken away. Those who ask, seek, and knock receive more and more of Christ himself. And we have seen in previous passages that God in his grace gives us what we can't obtain on our own. When we talk about the soils and how we need a healthy soil to receive God's word and be fruitful, God is the one who gives us the soil. God in his grace gives us what we don't even want on our own. He gives us what we don't deserve. And if you listen, if you seek and receive, more will be added to you. 
And as Jesus says in John 6, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So those who come to Jesus will never be driven away and will always be given more of Jesus. But if you reject his word, even what you have will be taken away. And so we see how the lamp is shining. Jesus is shining across the world. God's kingdom is spreading through Christ. The kingdom is growing. God is at work through Jesus. And God is at work even when we can't see it. Look at verse 26 with me. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. We see that the kingdom of God has a very surprising growth process, and one in which I think we need to be reminded of constantly. Well, at least myself, because we can be quickly discouraged. If you think about it, Mark is writing to the early church, right after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And they are wondering, like we wonder today, is God at work? What is God doing? We don't really see a lot going on. The seeds that God sows have hidden growth. And the power of God breaking into this world is largely unseen. It's largely invisible. The power and majesty and holiness of God is veiled in a way within a seed. And it's veiled in the dirt. And over time, the power of God grows this seed until it is ripe for the harvest. So God is at work even when we can't see it. The man who scatters the seed doesn't even know if it's growing or not. He has no power over the growth. It happens all by the power of God. There is no human means to speed the growth or force the growth. This is why it's a work of God's grace. This is why the kingdom spreads by God's power, not our own. A personal example of this, of how it is God's grace at work and not our own power, is uh, something is repentance. A lot of times we talk about repentance as if it's something that we can do anytime we feel like it and that we should do it all the time. But repentance is not something that we can force out of one another and it's not something that we can choose to do at any time. It is the power of God at work to bring a sinner to repentance. It is God's power that enables us to repent of sin and turn from it. In our day, as in Jesus' day, there are and were Zealots, religious zealots who thought they could bring God's kingdom to earth by force, many times by military force. The Pharisees believed that God's kingdom would emerge once everyone started following God's word and their application of it more fully. But Jesus is confident. He teaches this parable because he is confident in the work that God is doing and the growth of the kingdom. He's confident that, like a farmer who goes to bed and wakes up and doesn't know if there's anything going on beneath the surface, he is confident that that seed is growing and one day will be ripe for the harvest. 
God provides the growth, and Jesus has this confidence. He has this peace about what God is doing and how the kingdom is spreading. And he offers that confidence and peace to all who hear his word and receive him by faith. So God is at work through Jesus. God is at work when we can't see it. And now God is at work through humble beginnings. Look at verse 31, if you will. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So through something as tiny as a mustard seed, something will come about that we would have never expected, a beauty and growth that we would never have expected. The birds nesting in the shade of the branches is uh, an example used by the Bible, an illustration used by the Bible to describe how God's kingdom would include all nations, the Gentiles and the Jews. Who could believe, of course, that a man 2,000 years ago would lead a movement that would affect billions of people Over the last 2,000 plus years, God is at work through the incarnation of the Son of God who took on flesh, who lived in insignificance. Jesus laid down his power. He emptied himself of his glory. Rather than take up power and glorify himself, which so many people around him wanted him to do, The power of God is at work in humble places, in humble beginnings, in things that the world looks at and says are worthless or sad or unpopular. A favorite verse of mine from 2 Corinthians that I quote often is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so we can ask the question, are you weak today? Are you sick today? Are you hurting? Are you wondering if God is at work, if he even cares about you, if he's at work in someone that you love and know? You can take heart. Take heart. God is powerfully at work in the seasons of life when we cannot see him at work and when we feel our most, or our weakest, or when we feel our most insignificant, God is at work in humble places and humble beginnings. When you feel as small as a mustard seed, God is powerfully at work. So Jesus is building his kingdom that's largely invisible. And we'll notice in different places of the Bible how God is watering those seeds. We see and hear about the uh, God's Grace, and now I'm blanking on the, the term for it, but the word, 
sacraments, prayer, worship together. These are the ordinary means that God is using to water the seeds, so to speak, and grow his kingdom. God brings the growth. In Philippians 1, the promise is for you and for me that I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God will complete his work in you. And the work of the kingdom is humble and insignificant. The word of God spoken through his apostles and prophets is the seed which is planted in each person who receives it and God gifts and equips his church and its members to water the seed, water the seeds, and since growth is from God, all praise goes to him. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. God is at work in you even when it feels like he's not. God is at work in, it, in his church throughout the world even when we can't see it. God is at work in the world when we give up hope. There is coming a day when the fullness of God's kingdom is revealed and it will be glorious. It will be unlike anything we could have expected. We may not see the final outcome of God's power at work in our lives or in the lives of someone we want it to be at work in and are praying for that, but we are called, as Jesus calls us here, to faith, to patience, to trust that God is at work. And as followers of Jesus in his day after his resurrection were wondering, when is Jesus going to come back? When is the kingdom going to come in full? In First Peter, we're told to not overlook this one fact, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. By the, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. The Lord is coming soon. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. He is not slow God's kingdom is growing. The growth oftentimes that we cannot see or sense. And if you have eyes to hear, eyes to see, and ears to hear, to receive God's word, I ask that you would believe in the Son of God and that he is at work. He took on a human body. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned so that you would receive forgiveness and his righteousness and life. And so, Christian, if you trust Christ and you're following him, we can water the seeds, so to speak, 
We can plant the seeds of the good news of Christ, and then we trust God for the growth. We water with the word, with prayer, with worship, and we trust God and have patience. We ask him for patience. And there is a day coming like a thief in the night, and as Jesus says, when the grain is ripe for the harvest, it will be just a moment when God's work is finally done. So don't listen to God's words. Don't listen to Jesus' words and say, I'll, I'll wait until a later time when it's better for me to believe and trust him. I implore you, I ask you to receive his word this morning. Do not wait. Trust Jesus. We don't know what God has in store, but what we know is, is that it will be beautiful and unlike anything we could have expected. So believe the words of Jesus. God is at work. Be patient and trust him. He is at work. Let's pray. Lord, you are at work, and oftentimes we cannot see what is happening beneath the surface. Lord, we know that you work in humble beginnings with humble things. You took on flesh. You emptied yourself of glory for us to live the life that we could not live. And so now in our weakness, in our struggles, we trust you. We ask that you would encourage our hearts in these seasons when we don't see how you are at work, how you could be at work. Give us trust in you that you are, in fact, powerfully at work. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this worship service this morning, and we pray that your seed, that your word would be received and that it would multiply in each one of us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our last hymn this morning is hymn number 675, which is called Only Trust in Him. So I invite you to stand for our last hymn, which is 675. Let's sing together.
Receive God's blessing as you go and respond in faith with your amen. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.